Well, um, based on the last conference call that we had, um, some of you kind of just asked, um, I had done webinars on an overview of flood and an overview of earthquake, and, and some of you asked for that um, kind of combined. And so I have that here, so um, some of that might be, you know, pretty basic, but I know some people have, you know, done a lot of flood and maybe not a lot of earthquake and vice versa, so hopefully this will kind of give you some background. And then, of course, at the end we can talk about um, any other any other hazards issues. I have a few ideas as well that I wanted to talk about. So, can everybody see the presentation? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So, um, most of us kind of know what hazards is. It's a risk assessment tool for looking at potential losses from hurricane, flood, and earthquake. Obviously, we're mainly just concerned about flood and earthquake. Um, even though high wind is an issue here in Washington, um, we're not able to model that using the earthquake module, unfortunately. So we are just stuck to flood and earthquake right now until tsunami does come out in 2013. And um, obviously we know that this is an estimation tool. Um, it's going to differ from disasters, but there's a lot we can do to update that data um, to make it um, better represent your community. And so um, you know, give better results of, of what disaster, of what a disaster would do to your community. Um, I'll just kind of skip this. We all know kind of basic GIS and um, how how has uses its data. So essentially, it looks at the physical ground. Um, that would either be, let's say, topography for flood or for earthquake. That would be liquefaction or soil data. Um, it looks at identifying the hazards, so putting in a shape map, putting in a, a, flood, a flood depth grid, um, looking at what is existing, uh, analyzing any social impacts, and then, of course, you can produce maps and tables when you make And Hazards has um, three levels of analysis. Um, level one, so that's if you just got Hazards out of the box and wanted to run an analysis using everything out of the box. Um, you could definitely do that. That's a level one. I try to encourage everybody to do level two. Um, this is a combination of, of local data, so you can update the general building stock, the essential facilities, um, and then also using hazard-specific data, such as flood depth grids, um, water surface elevation and LIDAR, um, or you know, USGS shape maps and liquefaction. And level three, um, most of us don't get into this level, but um, if you were, if you did have, let's say, an engineer on staff and, and you could really get specific to um, building types and their makeup or if you're looking at bridges, so um, you could do a level three analysis by just putting um, even more data in there for, for that area you're studying. But typically, I try to get everybody to be in this level two range. Um, level one is a good place to be if you're just starting. Um, but you know, level two is, is ultimately where you want to get to. So I'm going to first talk about an overview of flood, and I'm going to go into earthquake. Um, first off, how does Hazus calculate damages for flood? Um, Hazus flood uses depth damage curves. A lot of these are developed by the Army Corps of Engineers as well as other agencies. And so here's just an example. Um, of a curve, so damage as a percent of replacement cost in depth of water. Obviously, if we have 10 feet of water, 
we're looking at significant damage for a building, whereas if we have one foot, um, we might be looking at, let's say, 5 um, or 10% um, of that value of the building that would need to be replaced. So how do users use this to, um, to, to, um, to identify um, to, or to calculate damages? And, and how this calculates damages to buildings? Uh, their content and inventory, and so inventory, um, that would be businesses. Um, this is only the hard one to, to get penned down. Um, like, for instance, when we did the Green River Valley, you know, a lot of those private businesses, we don't know what their inventory is. Obviously, we can speculate, um, but um, that's only something that's somewhat lacking. So I tend to use a lot of the default values. You can look at debris generation, which is um, generated from the building from the building damage themselves. Displaced population, which can be used to identify evacuation routes and shelter requirements. You can look at agricultural losses due to flooding, uh, damage to essential facilities, um, as well as transportation use facilities and um, utilities. So that's kind of how, in the background, how hazards calculate damages, and, and first looking at what comes with hazards. Hazards has two different types of data sets. There's aggregate and there's site-specific. <clears throat> so the aggregate data set is either by census block um, or census tract level. Um, census block for flood and census tract for earthquakes. And that is your general building stock. That is your demographics. Um, those are the two aggregate um, information. And then there's site-specific information, which includes essential facilities, high potential loss facilities, um, any user-defined structures, hazardous sites, transportation lifelines, and utility systems. And so all of that comes with hazards. So just even the hazard data that you get with hazards can be extremely helpful um, to, to your community. So um, that's kind of out of the box that comes with hazards. It comes with all of this inventory data, but also all of the depth damage curves that you would need to run any analysis. So based on level of analysis, I've kind of just shown here what are inputs that you can use for flood. So, um, and for level one, um, I, I try to encourage people to really only use this, do a level one analysis if there's no existing flood data. Um, so you have no FEMA map or no digital FEMA map, um, no new flood study. And so you just want to use this to get a, an idea of, of what your uh, flood risk is. And so what you can do for that is a single discharge or return period. And so you can look up, let's say, in an old flood insurance study, um, for a 100-year discharge, you, you know that the, the discharge is 13,500 CFS. And so you can actually just run in, in hazards a single discharge for that. You also need some sort of elevation data. You need um, DEM data or LIDAR. And those are, you know, if you have those first two bullets, um, you can run hazards and you'll just be using out-of-the-box data. And typically, um, you know, we only do this in kind of a disaster situation. So if we know, for instance, that a, uh, you know, a 100-year flood is coming down the Snohomish River and we know what that discharge is, then we can run a hazards analysis, um, you know, for the disaster. And so that allows us to specifically get information on, on that event. Typically, like I said, we want everybody to be in level two. 
analysis. Um, this is kind of ideally where we want to be. Um, there's a few different ways you can do this. And, and if you're in level two, um, you can incorporate a depth grid. So you can incorporate a depth grid which is generated outside of hazards from HECRAS or Flow2D. And depth grids can be obtained um, from ARCIMA models or any other um, modeling, H&H modeling study that you've, you've had done. The other thing that you can do is take from our flood insurance study um, the water surface elevation. And if you have LIDAR, you can subtract that and create your own depth grid. And you can also import directly HECRAS depth grids that can be directly imported in hazards. So that's kind of ideally where we want to be. And then the other key point um, for, for level two is, is really to update your general building stock, your central facilities, your transportation. Typically, we just update general building stock and maybe essential facilities. Um, I haven't been involved too much in updating transportation or utility layers, but that's something that you can easily do. So that's kind of um, what you can do and what is required for the level two analysis. So some form, you know, you need a depth grid, whether that's generated yourself. You can also generate that in hazards using a water surface elevation, using the flood information tool that comes with hazards. Or ideally, you can take a depth grid created from a, um, an engineering program. And then, like I said, level three, we typically don't get into that, but that's where you'd be updating your engineering building data and your um, depth damage curve. So kind of the, the key things here that, that we really want to focus on updating is really good LIDAR data um, or really good elevation data. Um, you can definitely create your own depth grade if you have the water surface elevations, which again comes from our flood insurance study. Or if you have a depth grid generate outside of hazards, it's kind of the ideal situation. And then, of course, updating the local data. So where do, we, where do you find data for this? Um, obviously, um, you can get a lot of the local data from your parcel and assessor's um, data sets. And typically, the values that I, the only values I really update, at least for general building stock, are building replacement value. Um, typically, we use building improvement value if the community has that. We don't want to use assessment value since this can fluctuate. Um, building square footage, building type, um, and then building count. Um, this can be interesting, especially when you have a lot of condos. When I did the update for Green River, um, just determining, determining the appropriate methodology on how, how to deal with multiple building, buildings on a property. Um, and, and this is definitely the most time-consuming part, um, is to getting everything in the correct hazard format as well. Um, and then tacking on your elevation data, a lot of you guys know where to get this, um, whether that be at a national level through USGS or you can get it from us at the regional office. Anything in Washington, any LIDAR that we collect, I try to post on the Puget Sound LIDAR Consortium, and so that can be directly downloaded from there. And then, of course, your local data sets. And then I mentioned the flood insurance studies a few times, so where can you find that information? If you go into your flood insurance study, um, there's discharge and frequencies, so it identifies a flooding source, and then it has a peak discharge for each level of flood. So for a 100-year flood at this particular location, it's 255 cubic feet per second. And so that's, that's a great resource to have, so if you know a 30-year flood is coming, or a, let's say a 50-year flood is coming down the river, 
you can um, quickly estimate, you know, put in a discharge and get a hazard analysis from that and get at least a ballpark of what the damages will be. And then, like I also mentioned, you can get the water surface elevation data from, um, from that's in our digital flood insurance rate map in our um, GIS deliverable that goes to the community. Um, and of course, you can um, get depth goods from us as well, or any other engineering studies that you have done locally. They should at least, at a minimum, have elevation data and water surface elevation if they're doing a full um, H and H model. So something that um, is uh, a lot of you, I've talked to a lot of you before about risk maps, and um, you know, in the past you've had map mod where we were essentially just updating uh, digital, updating our old maps to digital, and we and we've done that, and map mod's over, and now we're into a program called risk maps, and map is mapping assessment and planning, and so we're trying to take it a step further instead of just delivering your map. In your, flood, in your flood insurance study, we want to deliver you some, some products that you can use at the local level. So every risk map study, Riverine, um, is going to have um, flood depth grids for 10, 50, 100, and 500 year flood frequencies. Um, the risk map deliverables for coastal studies are currently being developed. I know we'll at least have one depth grid, if not more. And we might also be looking at some sea, uh, like a sea level rise product as, as well. So um, stay, stay tuned on that. And then any studies that we're currently doing um, from 2009 onward, we'll be generating depth grids for. Um, and depth grids are generated really only where we're doing detailed studies. Um, and I can, I'm, I plan on putting a lot on the Use Hazards website. So. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll provide you a link of where we're actually doing studies, and so then you'll have a good idea of, of where these are coming. And then we'll also be doing a level one hazards analysis, which will be completed in your deliverables. So if you know that your community is getting a risk map product, then all of these things will be coming to you um, in the next year or two. So, um, so just be aware of that, that we will be providing you a lot of data that you can just directly input into hazards. And um, many of us know hazards outputs. You can look at tables in hazards. You can export reports. Um, you can, I, I typically um, display all of my data in hazards, export it to a shapefile or to a database, and then do all my mapping in ArcMap. This is just an example of Green River. As I said, um, for flood, hazards does the analysis at a census block level. So here we're looking at actual census blocks, and that's what um, the polygons are. You can do a building-specific analysis as well. Um, you just need some additional information for flood. The main thing is space, space. first floor elevation, that's it. Um, and so you can easily make maps like this, just showing um, you know, total economic loss by census block, or in this case, displaced population. And then essential facilities, like I mentioned, that's site specific, so you can actually drill down um, to the specific um, fire station, in this case, the address, how much it's worth, and, and if it is in a high risk area. So, flipping over to earthquakes, um, the science, you know, earthquake was the first hazardous module, and this has been around for quite a while, for 15 years or so. And this definitely is a little more technical um, module as well. So um, 
there's quite a bit of, of engineering behind it. But um, just looking at how hazards calculates damages for earthquake, um, in dam damage in hazards is described by five damage states. And so this is none to complete. And then below which is kind of an example of, of a damage state for a wood light frame building. So if it's light, you just have some, you know, board cracks at the doors. If it's complete, you all, you know, you have permanent lateral displacement. So um, it uses these damage states to estimate, um, you know, the consequences of the building damage, any monetary losses to that building, and, you know, the other um, social and economic impacts, like if, if there is displaced population. And it uses um, fragility curves, um, which describe the probability of being in a specific damage state as a function of the size of an earthquake. So if we just look down here, lateral building displacement and damage state probability, um, obviously if we have a lot of lateral building displacement, we're going to have complete or extensive damage of that building. Whereas if we don't have as much shaking, um, you know, we're just going to deal have slight shaking. So it's it's a similar concept to flood, but it definitely um, takes into account a lot more um, engineering principles. And um, the earthquake looks at specific um, potential earth science hazards. So it looks at ground motion. Um, you know, looking at, we can get this from the, our USGS shape map. Um, it looks at ground failure, looking at liquefaction landslide. And we can directly input um, a shape map. Um, we can input landslide information and liquefaction and soils information directly into hazards. So um, you're definitely inputting a lot more, um, a lot more information into your model. So again, um, learning to find data for hazards, I already mentioned about updating your local building information, but also updating, you know, your bridge, your road, and utility information is, is key for earthquakes. And um, here I just have an example of, of shape maps that are available at USGS. I'll, I'll just go in here just to show you kind of where they're at, and sometimes it's hard to find, find what you're looking for, but um, if I just go to that, go to shape maps. And then what you can do um, is click on Archive. And you can click on um, Pacific Northwest. And I typically do all, all years. And what you want is scenarios. So you don't want type regular. You want scenarios. And this is going to, um, and so essentially, and there's way more than this. It's just, this is how it shows up sometimes. Um, this is where you're actually going to find the hazards output files. So if we wanted to click on, let's say, Large Seattle Fault, we can click on that, and um, and um, if we go, we go here, and then we go to Download, and then right here, oh, of course, oh yeah. So under GIS files, your hazards file and your state files. Those are the two things you want to download to input into hazards. Um, and, and so that's exactly where you find the shape, the shape map data. Like I said, it's kind of hard to find things on here. You have to dig for it. And you can always ask, my, ask me um, if, if there's something you can't find, if you want to find out if there's a shape map out there. We have tons, um, I mean, 20, probably 20 runs just for Washington alone. So we have a lot of shape maps that may not, you may not be able to find on here, but I, I can definitely give you that data.
So, um, and then there's lots of extra things for earthquake. And you know, flood you can you can reasonably get hazards. You can get the you know the depth grid that you need and update with your local data, and, and you're good to go and have this. But for earthquake, there's other tools that you need. There's a shape map utility that converts it, those shape files that you just downloaded from the USGS to a geodatabase. Um, then there's actual you know memos, and I'm going to put all of this on the Use Hazards website, um, so you guys have access to this. There's a procedure for importing shape maps. Um, there's a SOP for creation of um, earthquake scenario maps, and then there's also an earthquake export tool. I need to check to see if this is for 2.0, but this is really awesome because what it does for you is it packages all of your data. And so if you run Hazus, and like for instance, I would have to go in and, and map all of the schools and then save a shape file, and I have to map the bridges and, and save a shape file. And this earthquake export tool does all of that for you. And it even creates maps for you. And then you could just go in and, and change the maps to what you want them to look like. So it's a pretty awesome tool. Um, we unfortunately don't have anything like this for flood. But I'll be checking to see if that's available for 2.0. And um, again, I'll either put that on the Youth Hazards website or I'll, I'll send out a link to download that. So, um, so there's a lot of other little things you kind of need out there for, for earthquake. Um, but I'll, I'll make that available to everybody. And then the earthquake outputs are definitely harder to understand. Um, if we're looking at, this is just bridges, I think, percent chance of being functional day one. And a lot of things are just, it, it's not very clear, and, and I had to think about it to get, to get my head around it. But this is, for instance, an 88% chance that this bridge on Highway 2 is going to be functional on day one. So therefore, it's most likely not going to be affected by an earthquake. But obviously, if we get you know to something like 30% chance, like let's say this is 30, then obviously we know if there's going to be some damage there. And it also um, shows things in percent chance of exceeding moderate damage, which is kind of the opposite. So um, a low percentage in this case means it's not going to be damaged. So um, we're trying to you know, work with the people at headquarters and the developers to make this a little bit more easy to understand, but I just want you to make everybody aware of that. The global ports and exports from Hazard for Earthquake are definitely hard to get, but once you get them, you know, you can definitely um, explain it, explain it better. So, um, and I, we can delve into that more maybe on future, on future trainings as well. And so, Earthquake is done as a, at a is ran at a sense of track level, and um, typically what we have done is kind of take those tracks and just show points from that. So instead of showing like a whole track as as being blue, um, we can we just show dots which are randomly spaced within that sense of track. Um, and in this case, one dot equals a million dollars. And then here I have the actual shape map in the background. And um, any damage to transportation facilities. So a lot of us, you know, um, how to use hazardous output. Um, but you know, and there's lots of other things that you can do that maybe you haven't thought about. Obviously, disaster response and hazard mitigation plans are key, um, and that's what a lot of us have been using it for. But you can use it in 
community planning, if you want to look at an area where there's maybe a lot of future development, that's something we can look at. We are currently using this um, for preparedness, so for training exercises, like the Evergreen Earthquake exercise, for instance. And you can also use this for validation. So if you do have a disaster come through, um, you can actually uh, do a validation study. So kind of where to find information for HAZIS. Obviously, I have the FEMA HAZIS website, our HAZIS user group website. Alan Jacobitz is um, kind of the, the point of contact at Washington EMD and John Skilling's Earthquake Program Manager. I'm going to try to get John um, to do a presentation on um, a program that they have that is a GIS online viewer that shows all of the earthquake hazards data. And so I'm going to try to get John to do that in the next couple months. So um, that will be coming. And then, of course, you have myself as a contact, and then Tamara Diasco is our earthquake program manager. And so if you are having trouble finding shape maps or you just want to know what's been done, any of us. Um, can, should be able to track that down for you. And of course, um, I think I've said this before, but we have courses. Jamie, do you have any update on where this basic has this ESRI courses, if that's on there yet? or? Um, I'll check the site while we're um, going right now. Let me see if I can find out some more information. Okay. And so, um, so there, you know, we're trying to get more more stuff online, but you know, especially like like houses for decision makers, that could be a great thing for maybe your management to see on and see why this is really important and why it's, and why your community should be should be interested in this and why they should be doing it. Um, and then a lot of um, more specific training um, for the GIS users. And obviously, like I mentioned, we have EMI training, um, and that funding is available for you know funding is completely available, all expenses paid for state and local governments. Um, so I, I encourage you to take advantage of those, and, and of course, if I have any trainings in the region, you guys will be the first to know. Like I said, I'm hoping to get a CDMS class in here next year. And then, um, of course, my contact information. I just put this as a preliminary date for our next call because I think once we get into January, it's yeah, I didn't want to do January 3rd, so I, I just did January 10th. Um, from 11 to noon. Does that time work for most of you, most people? Tuesdays at 11? Works well. Yep, works. Okay. Well, first off, what questions do you guys have on anything I just kind of went over in the presentation? Are you asking about the basic online course for HAZIS? Well, yeah, I'm asking about there were supposed to be 12 modules, so the basic HAZIS EMI course is supposed to be offered online in 12 modules. I don't have details for that yet. Okay, so that should be. But I'd like to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Kevin. You know, we talked about that at the Hazard Conference. Right. And I know we said like the end of the year, but things are a little up in the air. And I think that um, Hazard 2.1 they delayed the release a little bit, so I don't know if that's impacting courses coming out. Got it. 
Yeah, so that's the other big news is that Hazard 2.1 is definitely delayed. We're hoping around February, I think, but when I get information that's actually coming out, I'll, I'll definitely let everybody know. Um, but yeah, so in general, um, just general questions about what I what I went over. I think I've I've definitely shared some of the hazards or quick stuff with some of you. Like Andrew, I know you have a lot of it, um, and a few other people. But um, any other questions about kind of what I've covered? Not from here. That made good sense to me. Okay. <clears throat> and like I said, I I actually have a meeting uh, with Jamie on Thursday, and she's going to kind of teach me how to update things on the Use Hazards uh, Wahug website. And I plan on um, posting things under. Resources, I think. You'll be able to name that whatever you want. Okay. When we when we work on it together, if you want to change that to say something other than resources, we can. Sure. And um, yeah, so any of the presentations. Um, from the calls will be up here on, on the resources, and, and um, you'll have a link to the recording. Is that right, Jamie? Yes, yeah, so I'll turn the recording into a podcast probably tomorrow. Okay. And then we already have a few things down here that Kathy had, um, and I'm going to add more. So um, kind of just like how to input a shape map into USGS and things like that. And then we have a great, um, our contractor star, kind of our mapping contractor, we have a website with them now um, that shows any status or study updates. So, for instance, um, a lot of the communities that are on the call, um, you guys have studies going on, and you can go there and specifically find out where, where we are and, and what the current timeline is. And so I'll, I'll put a link to that on there. I, I'm definitely planning on, once kind of Jamie shows me how to manipulate things, I'm definitely planning on using that a lot more to put um, to put new data on it. Um, and then, I, and I just had some other ideas. I mean, obviously, you know, I want to provide um, with these calls, and I appreciate anybody's thoughts or feedback. I mean, obviously, this is only our second one, but. You know, I think it's nice to have kind of a, a presentation, let's say just a 20-30 minute presentation, just so people can find out what's going on, maybe um, learn how to um, do something. So I'm going to reach out and ask for speakers um, starting for the next call. I already have a few in mind. And um, and then we can use the rest of the time to talk, to talk hazards. Some of the things I thought that maybe we can look at um, maybe next year is some virtual training. So, um, you know, maybe we can just sit down and, and do an hour, two-hour session one day on um, looking at CDMS and updating your data. Or, um, you know, everybody goes together to incorporate a shake map for your area. So um, would that be interesting to you guys?
Definitely. Yeah, I think I think seeing some hands-on and screenshots would be good. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm thinking I'll think about that for next year, and then I'm. And then I am. Oh, so you know, I've been kind of waiting for Hazus 2.1 to come out to start. Me too, Kelly. I know. <laughs> I'm still waiting. So, but now that it's delayed, I am. I I'm probably going to. Um, you know, I I had said um, I was going to update all of our runs. Well, maybe not all. A lot of the key runs that we've done, as well as the local data, and I might just start doing that for 2.0. Let me um, bring up the previous presentation I did last time. Oh, it's really on the website, huh? So, because um, I think I looked at some communities and stuff in here. Um, I have, updates for these communities right now. And I can start updating those to 2.0. I have already had some people ask about, um, somebody from Tacoma asked about getting Church County updated, which I would love to do, and I said I, I would definitely like to work with them. Um, so if there's any additional ones outside of these that you guys want to do, I would definitely like to do that together. Um, I can, you know, talk with you, or if you're close, I can sit down with you, and we can talk about how to get this updated for your community. Um, so that that's one thing. So probably my first step is to update all of this to 2.0, and then I'm going to start. Um, I have. I'm going to start actually updating the runs, which I don't know if it's. Yeah, here's some. So um, we have a lot of earthquake runs, um, but obviously Seattle Fault, Cascadia, those are the the key ones. And we already have HPRs for anybody that wants it for a lot of these earthquake runs. So um, just let me know, and I can get that sent to you. Um, for flood, you know, we have Snohomish and Skagit and Green River, and I think that's all we have right now. But there's definitely potential. We have a lot of ongoing studies. There's definitely potential to do more than that. So I really want to work with you guys to get your county, you know, your data updated, as well as get you the runs that you need. So, um, so once I start getting some updates, um, I'll let you guys know what I've updated, but feel free to contact me um, if you guys want anything specific. Any 
thoughts on that right now that I know a lot of everybody's waiting for 2.1, especially because it's 64 bit thing. But um, outside of that, just looking at updating data for your county and runs that are specific to your community. Um, anything I can help you with right now? Yeah, I need to just digest what you presented and uh, talk with colleagues here. Okay. And um, Andrew, you're on the phone. Yeah, I'm here. Do you? I mean, do you have? You, we haven't done updated data for Thurston County, have we? No, and I was going to talk with Amy about that, about checking on how we go about that, and then. Yeah, that Olympia fault that you have is actually the Nisqually um, when you look at the location. And, yeah, I'd love to run a true Olympia structure, you know, um, I don't know, a 6.5, six, 6.8 six, or something on the Olympia structure um, and see how that turns out after we update the data. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, we've got stuff. I'll talk to Amy and figure out what kind of schedule we could work out and get with you. Okay. Sounds good, Andrew. Yeah, and Yakima, I know we have updated data for you guys. Um, have you guys started doing some hazard runs? <laughs> Not yet. We haven't started doing any. Um, Karen? No, because I'm still sitting here with my 64-bit machine, so... Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> still waiting. Okay. Okay. And, um... Dale, did I send you the Whatcom County fault? No. no. Shake man? Okay. I'll send those to you. Thank you. And um, Jen, you're at the port, right? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm interested to know if there's anything that we can help you out with. I mean, obviously that's, um, you know, different, different facility, but, I, you know, I don't know if you've looked into maybe running hazards for the port, especially maybe, you know, the Tacoma Fault. Yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten installed yet here, um, but I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what data we have, nothing has metadata or anything, so I'm kind of trying to work that out right now. Sure. Um, so, yeah, but at some point, I think that we definitely would be interested. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Hey, Kelly. This yeah. is from Snohomish County. Hey. We have some um, short-term debris management that stuff that we want to look at for um, some of the earthquake runs, and we were hoping for your help in the near future on that if you're going to be around. Yes, and yeah, I got your email. Was that in regards to that or something else? That was completely different. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can definitely I can definitely help out with that. So we can coordinate offline, but um, that was something that just came up this week that I 
done very little with Earthquake and thought we could use your help. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, it, Earthquake, I mean, it took me a while to figure to figure out Earthquake. It, it's, um, it, yeah, so there's some step-by-step -step things that are, that are super helpful. Um, and, you know, like liquefaction. We have statewide liquefaction data for all of Washington. Um, that we can incorporate in that HAZIS, which is great. We have um, landslide data and soil data, um, but HAZIS, um, like if you just downloaded uh, liquefaction data from DNR, HAZIS specifically wants a, a, you know, a field named in their specific way, and we have done that as well. And so that's something I, I would definitely um, share with everybody. So I'm planning on, I mean, it's going to be kind of quiet here in the next, couple months, and so I'm really trying to focus on um, getting any updates to HAZIS and then kind of getting a lot of this information out there to you guys that, that I've mentioned. Um, so yeah, yeah, earthquakes definitely a different beast than flood. I, um, but once you, once you got it, you got it, and um, we have a lot of great data in Washington to incorporate just the liquefaction, statewide liquefaction data. A lot of other places don't have that. So that's something we can put in there um, as well. And then any, I'm trying to get like all of the HPRs um, that were done in like MR4, I'm trying to get them upgraded to 2.0. So we can at least um, use, that's at least a good starting point to use some of that. Um, it might be good to, to start over as well, um, but like for Cascadia, we have that in 2.0. We have that with liquefaction, soil data, and landslide data already ran, you know, ready to go. And so don't even bother running it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I can give you guys the HPR, and you can update with your local data um, and then rerun it if you wanted to see that as well. So, but yeah, definitely Susie, I can help you out with that. Okay, thank you. Any other thoughts? Hey, Kelly, this is Karen from Yakima County. I think what I will do is uh, sit down and, and try to get some areas figured out that we're very interested in and send you an email. How's that? Sure. And, I mean, that's the thing. Luckily, you guys have already done so many flood studies. If you don't have depth grids developed, you have water surface elevations. You guys are right. in you know. Right. But we're kind of interested in the earthquake information. Sure. Yeah. And so, I can... Um, I can take a look and let you know what earthquake runs we actually have for your okay. area. Okay. Um, yeah, that'd be great if you could do that. Yeah. Super. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I think Jamie has recorded this as a podcast, and we're trying to look at the different ways we can maybe record um, a presentation and 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 everything together all in one document, but the presentation is up on the website right now, and um, I will get a presenter for the call in January, and um, like I said, um, just keep an eye out on the Youth Houses website. Um, once I do have a lot of stuff updated up there, I'll probably just send a general email to, to the Houses group list and um, let you all know that what is being posted, um, and then once I actually start updating things to 2.0, um, I'll let you know as well. Specifically, you know, if I update Yakima, I'll, I'll definitely give that to the Yakima folks. So, um, 
So yeah, I mean, if there's anything else you guys need, just let me know. We're we're planning on, um, you know, I mentioned those webinars that Star our contractors hosting, and then we're doing a lot of the training. I'm planning on organizing a training on specifically how to incorporate hazardous data into your mitigation plan. And so that will probably be coming in the spring. And then probably the three classes I just did, um, earthquake, flood, and getting your data ready, I'll probably redo in the spring. And then we'll record those and have those available. Um, I have those available for you guys. So, um, so yeah, any other any other thoughts from you guys? Anything else that is you know would would be helpful? Um, I. I do definitely do want to utilize the Use Hazards website, so I'm going to add quite a bit to there. But um, if there's any other thoughts or ideas you guys have, you can always let me know. So anything else before we sign off? Have a good Christmas. Yes, everybody have a great holiday.